you came out tonight early, aggressive. What was different for you tonight in terms of just setting the tone with your game in this game? Ball. 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 This is Orange Ball Juice, the podcast where I make my two teenage sons co-host with me and help me wrap my head around the crazy world of the NBA. So without further ado, let's talk about Ball. Welcome to Orange Ball Juice, always fresh, never toxic, b-ball blabber. My name is Brooks, and as always, I'm joined by my two Gen Z NBA analysts, my teenage sons, Spency G and Marky Man. How you doing, Spency? Pretty good. Marky Man, how are you? Doing good. Fantastic. Well, it's Monday, September 4th, 2023, Labor Day. It's a holiday, so back to school tomorrow for you guys. Not Wednesday. Oh, back to, that's right, you have a PD day, which is a professional development day tomorrow. So you're back to school on Wednesday. Okay, fine. So, Marky Man, you're starting high school. How does that feel? Feels good. <laughs> Feels good, eh? Yeah, are you looking forward to, uh, you're going to you're gonna try out for the football team and, and the basketball team? How's that, you know, and what, are you looking forward to it? Yeah, um, I guess you could say that, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, and Spencer, you're entering your final year of high school. How does that feel? Um, fine, I guess. Yeah, uh, is that <clears throat> fine? Is it? Are you looking forward to the year itself, or do you feel a lot of pressure to do well for to to get into university, or what's the deal? Um, probably both of those things. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. But you should have a fun. You're a senior. You should have a fun year. And you're gonna play. You're probably uh, you're gonna play some tennis, some badminton this year. What mm-hmm. What else are you gonna do? Um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see about basketball, maybe. Oh, yeah? Definitely going to be less time Yeah, this year, but... Yeah. So, um, this is kind of a special episode. We haven't done one in a while, and this, the, the, the theme about, uh, of this episode is Canadian basketball. So, um, first let me hit you guys with a question, just straight up. Spencer, if... If I ask you what's Canada's national sport, what's your answer? Uh, lacrosse. Oh, interesting. And Marky Man. Not, not, well, not, not, okay. not necessarily officially. Like not necessarily. Like, just like just, if, okay. if, if you just went up to the I'll average person on the street. And hockey. Said, hockey. Okay. What do you, do you agree with that, Marcus? If yeah. you went up to the average Canadian and said, what's, what's, hockey, yeah. what's the national sport of Canada? They're going to say hockey. All right. So, um, I would agree. I think most people would say that. And I, and I would say that, you know, it's, it's very um, baked into the Canadian identity, you know, uh, hockey. Um, we all know hockey night in Canada. We all know these, the, the, the great, you know, Montreal Canadians and, and Toronto Maple Leafs te- teams that were a fierce rivalry back in the day and the original six. And, you know, I've played not, I've never played organized hockey, but I've always loved playing hockey, whether it's road hockey, floor hockey in, in gym class growing up. Uh, and the times I played shinny, it's, um, it's fun and it's a fun sport to watch. I've always enjoyed the Canadian Olympic team as well as, you know, NH over the years, NHL hockey. What about you guys? How much hockey have you played Spencer? I've played very minimal very hockey, minimal. um, played floor hockey and gym obviously, but I don't think I've played road hockey since I was like seven, okay. but it's, it is very, I do like it watching it in person. I've been to a few, um, OHL games. Yeah. 
which is the Ontario Hockey League for our listeners that may not be familiar. And, and Marky Man, what would you say in terms of your how much like kind of hockey you played, how much you've enjoyed it? I don't think I've ever played hockey on ice. Well, maybe maybe well, when I was very little. Yeah. One I, time. I, I got you guys strapped into some skates yeah. and, yeah, you, and hockey that. gloves. And there's video of that. Yeah. You guys flopping around yeah. with a stick playing yeah. shinny. But that was the last time I ever did. I mean, played, I used to play mini sticks. What's mini sticks? It's like when I was in like grade four, we would play mini sticks at break. It was like you're literally using a tiny stick. Right. And you're, and like you're just on running, cement. Right. Yeah, so you're just, just running, running on the schoolyard. On the, using on the a tennis ball. Yeah. Right. So what, what you, we used to play around the same age when I was like grade five, grade six, what was called foot hockey, which is actually playing soccer with a tennis ball, like no sticks. Yeah. You're just playing soccer yeah. with a tennis ball, but on the school tarmac, it was called foot hockey and everyone was pretending they were Wendell Clark or Wayne Gretzky yeah. or the stars of the day at the time. Anyway, all of this is to say that hockey is is baked into everyone. It's an unavoidable. It's just part of being a Canadian. You either play it in some way, shape, or form. But the official sport on ice uh, with skates, let's let's be honest, it's increasingly inaccessible. It's hard for I didn't play it growing up, and it's not like my parents could have afforded it. Certainly, mm-hmm. but you know, it's a big commitment and expense, and it's only getting more expensive. Like the special equipment, getting ice time, all of that. Yeah. You know. There's a lot of kids growing up in this country that have never put on skates, let alone played organized hockey, and yeah. it's just not realistic. I think I think we could all agree on that. So anyway, here is my thesis, guys. I'm gonna I'm gonna pitch this to you and to the listeners. Basketball is Canada's national sport. I'm throwing down the gauntlet and I'm I'm making this statement. And part of it is is just this, just what I just said. Not every kid is strapped on skates. Not every kid. And, and in fact, I'd say most kids at this point haven't played hockey, you know, on ice with skates. Certainly not an organized way. And even shinny is very difficult even to set up a shinny game outdoors. You still need the gear and all of that. Most kids at this point, most like kids growing up in Canada haven't done it. But what could be more universal than shooting a basket. Yeah, maybe you've never played organized basketball, but every school gym from Toronto to, you know, Vancouver to Nunavut to wherever in this country, every school gym has basketball nets. Like every kid has at least once picked up a basketball, bounced it, and tried to shoot it in that hoop, right? I think it there's an argument to be made that it is in this country the most universal sports experience on some level is basketball more than hockey certainly definitely more than hockey that goes without mm-hmm. saying mm-hmm. now in terms of being watching it as a spectator sport that's a little bit different i i don't know what the, the the ratings and numbers are i'm sure hockey is still the number one spectator sport but that demographic is definitely aging mm-hmm. you know the people who that's their favorite sport and that's what they want to watch more than all others um you know baseball is a hugely popular sport too and football all, all of them but there's something about basketball. And the other thing I would say is basketball actually is a winter sport. If you think about it, like the main, it, it's played over the winter months, um, traditionally in, in North America, mm-hmm. like the pro leagues. Um, and it's the kind of thing where um, the reason it's a winter sport too, it's like you kind of need to play it like officially, you need the indoor space. Like there's outdoor basketball. Of course you can play on pavement, no problem. But 
for the most part, it's an indoor sport, right? And uh, and 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 that's when it's played. And so anyway, I, I would my my point in all of this is just to say we're talking about basketball, Canadian basketball, and the reason I'm trying to pitch it as the the true national sport, shall we say, is I'm just trying to find the sport that is the most universal for playing for kids to actually play themselves. Yeah. Uh, I feel like it's only growing, but it's also growing in popularity as a. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a spectator sport, and it's something that through social media or whatever, I think kids are more tuned into the NBA, you know, increasingly than the NHL. Yeah, like I'm just saying, the average yeah. kid. Yeah, I think the agree. only yeah the only like counter to that is like I feel like for it to be its national sport, it has to be like in like in the biggest league. I feel like you know what I mean. Like there's people, there's obviously Canadians in the NBA, but like even if you're if you're a super good high school player in Canada or you're just like yeah you play for an organized team play for a prep team or something you're just gonna get sent off to the U.S. once you're good enough yeah eventually. and you're just gonna end up playing there yes so I mean I burst like the actual like imp- like I guess community of basketball in Canada is still not fully developed and it's definitely improving for sure but like yeah so you're what you're saying is like the actual training ground yeah ground of new elite players isn't necessarily like at a certain point, if you want to go to yeah. the next level with your game, you're probably going to have to go. Just like most of the Canadian NBA players, at a certain point, they usually at the high school level, they actually yeah. went to the United States yeah. because they mm-hmm. knew they were a prospect. Would you agree with a general assessment overall, Spencer? Yeah, I'd say probably the only sport where you can <clears throat> take it through in Canada the entire way and get to the top league is hockey. Yes. Um and all, yeah, although that's like the best, like some of the best development leagues is, is are, in, are in yeah. Canada. Yeah. yeah. But in terms of like the average person, I've definitely noticed more people aren't like, I'd say there's so much more pickup basketball at school or whatever, or with your friends. Like, yeah, it doesn't even matter if you're that good. Everyone's, yeah. everyone's plays it. Yeah. Um, I'd say people are more likely to play basketball now than hockey if they're just going to pick up a sport. Yeah. I mean, it's extremely hard to just learn hockey when you're, you know, not a child. It requires specialized training and skills. And, like, Mm -hmm. you know, before you even start playing on skates, you have to learn how to skate. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, eventually you have to learn how to skate backwards. It's definitely a much taller order, yeah. Whereas you can fool around in your own driveway with a ball. Yeah. And learn how to handle a ball okay, learn how to dribble okay, and be be able to have fun. Let's put it that mm-hmm. way. To 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 hit the bare minimum of being able to have fun playing basketball. And like while you were out playing basketball with friends last night, you know, in the wintertime, even Marcus, like some, you're you're going yeah. to the Y to play yeah. pick up against kids way older than you. Yeah. You know. Um I just think, yeah, and the I, I just think it's other than I would say football, meaning soccer. That's the most universal sport. Mm-hmm. It's the most popular worldwide, hands down, and nothing's ever going to change that. And I think the reason for that is, again, soccer's very pure. Mm-hmm. You don't even need shoes to play soccer necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. You just need a ball and you can make your own field. Whether uh, You just need that a little bit of grass and sometimes not even that. You can also play it on pavement. You can play it on a beach. And you can make your own size net and it's just kick the ball, pass it back and forth and put it in the net. Like that's, it's just, Mm -hmm. it can be, and I think it's so easy to modify and make your own version of it that it's easy to play pickup soccer. I would say in second place 
is basketball because, Mm -hmm. yeah, you need some specialized equipment. You need the hoop, right? And you need the the, the bouncing ball. Like you need an actual basketball. But that is a pretty low bar to clear. Yeah. Yeah. And I I do think that even if you're not the best player, you can still be – you can be more involved within whatever – like the small game you're playing than in soccer. Yes. Where if you're not very good and there's like 10, 12 guys on the field – you're probably not going to get to touch the ball and you're just going to be running back and forth if you're playing yeah. like pickup and it's known that you're not that good. But in basketball, you can get involved in other ways other than scoring. Like you could be the rebound guy yeah. and not be good at anything else and you can still contribute and have fun. And there's games within the, the within basketball, like anybody can play a game of 21 mm-hmm. or a game of horse. Like, you know, if you're obviously, if you're not good, you're not going to do it. Or a game of bump. Like these are all games that are... Yeah. A, about shooting hoops yeah, that are still fun, even if you're not a great basketball player. And so I think, again, it just speaks to the, the, the universality. Anyway, and let's not forget that uh, Dr. James Naismith invented basketball, and he's a Canadian. Mm-hmm. So I think, um, I think we made the point, at least I feel like I've made the point, that increasingly, in, in, in sort of like not in terms of the national imagination just yet, in terms of like what's actually baked into multiple generations. But as new generations grow up, just in terms of practicality and actual fact, in terms mm-hmm. of like what you're playing and what you're doing with your time, I believe that basketball increasingly is is the number one sport. And 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 looking at the NBA, how many, you know, the point is great players are coming out of Canada and Europe. Like yeah. it's the, mm-hmm. the game is expanding and changing based yeah. like worldwide. And becoming more universal. And I think that's great for basketball fans in general um, and in Canada in particular. Um, anyway, let's talk about uh, the FIBA World Cup, which is happening right now. And that's uh, the, the, the next theme of this episode. So we're right in the middle of uh, the 2023 FIBA World Cup. Um, you know, we're basically uh, where we're at is we're, we're about to enter the quarterfinal round. So after, after two rounds, Canada had... Um, Basically, in the first round, I believe their um, their first pool was it was Canada, Latvia, France, and Lebanon. And I think quite surprisingly, um, France didn't make it out of the first round. Yeah, um, that first uh, first round, and, and and neither did Lebanon. France only they were one one win in three games. Canada won all three, and Latvia did okay. Um, and then, in, and then in the next round, we were in the group with Latvia, Spain, and Brazil. And we, it was kind of, it was weird because there was a lot of these weird, uh, like the Latvians beat Brazil, but then, and Spain beat Brazil, but the Brazil beat us. Um, so it was just kind of a weird, that, that was a five game round. Um, so obviously there was this crazy come from behind win against Spain that came right down to the end um and they barely <laughs> they barely pulled off the victory in that mm-hmm. game and easily could have lost so Spencer what were you thinking when you were watching that game yeah that was a terrifying game because like after the Brazil game it was a little I was like okay so we can we can be beaten by teams you know beneath us that's for sure yeah um but Spain just seemed very they had amazing chemistry great ball movement and they actually Compared to some other teams I've seen, even like Brazil didn't seem like a functioning unit. Yeah. But Spain just seemed, they seemed like a real team. 
Oh yeah. Well, they were the they're the defending, defending champion, champions. Like they champions. they looked really good, and it seemed like they had a game plan. Um, yeah. But uh, to be honest, the only thing keeping us in the game was our defense, mm-hmm. and just seeing like stretches of like five minutes where we score like two points, but then our defense is also like the only thing keeping us alive. Yeah. And it did come down to the end, and I think we honestly just willed it to happen. Yeah, we, I don't think we deserved to win that game. I don't think we were. We had one really good spurt, I think, coming out of halftime. Yeah, but then it was shut down immediately. Yeah, by Spain. Um, yeah, we were down by ten at the half, and then we fought our way back in, and then they got they were back up again by like I think as much as twelve at one point, yeah. and then we just kept chipping away. I think you know, you know, Shea had thirty points and. He yeah. had a mm-hmm. monster game. We had the best player in the game, yeah. and he was the best player on either side. It's not like the Spanish don't have pros, but you're right. They're super disciplined, not to mention, mm-hmm. remember that our our coach now is also yeah. Spanish and, and was in that system. So he maybe he had more than average insight into how to play. Yeah. So given that they lost to Brazil, definitely a less talented team. And a grinding game, yeah. which, you know, how, what do you think is the difference between the international game and say um, the NBA game that m- makes these sort of like dream team types with a lot of NBA pros still vulnerable to these strong teams like Spain? Yeah, well, I mean, like it's completely it's a completely different structure. Like the NBA is all like come off the screen into an ISO or yeah, pick and roll or something like that, or like the point guard dribbles the ball up the court and shoots a step back three. You don't I like I have I've yet to see stuff like that from like international teams. Like they're always running some sort of handoff and like a structured play continuously until the defense collapses and they find a mistake and they'll kick it out for a layup or a three. And you never like I I they never shoot mid range shots like ever. Yeah. And not even in the NBA very much, but like I, I've like I barely see any mid range shot. Yeah, basically, all, it seemed like almost all of Spain's points were um, three-point shots or really easy layups, as you say. Yeah. They would exploit yeah. a clear breakdown, and it would just be an easy bucket. But, I mean, the only th- reason I think, like, yeah, Canada beat Spain is just because we are, they're, like, we're more skilled at the end of the day. Like, yeah. that's what it actually was. Yeah. Because, like, Shea was able to just, like, yeah, get a one-on-one with a guy. And just generate and, a bucket. And just, like, create space, and it's just easy. Yeah. You know? So. Well, that's the thing. If they And I think the other, which was pro- definitely part of Spain's strategy, they got a lot of our starters in foul trouble, like, right away in the game. And I think it's not that it's easier to get a foul. Like, it's not like they don't, they call fouls easier, but the types of fouls they call, are, I think, are just a bit different. And I think yeah. the international players have that edge of, like, this is how the refs are going to call this game. Mm-hmm. They just have a slight advantage in, in knowing yeah. how to play in order to be on the right side of the fouls. Um, that's the impression I get anyway. And a couple times it looked like, yeah, we were in big trouble. And then players yeah. are just like, fine, we won't foul anymore. We're just going to rely on our skill. But I agree. I think the Brazilians just did this grinding um, sort of defensive style, mm-hmm. half-court style. And that doesn't play to the strengths with these like high flying NBA players, especially yeah. in like we're not a brilliant shooting team. Although I will say, if you look at the stats at the end of this main game, we actually 
did have higher <laughs> percentage shooting in the end and both three points and yeah. uh and and um just field goal percentage. So yeah. we have NBA players that are really good shooters yeah. by most standards, yeah. just not by yeah. the best in the NBA standards. Yeah. Well, there's also they're all like all NBA players, every single one, like you can kind of tell there's a step up when it comes to athleticism. Yeah. Like their builds are completely different. Yeah. Like all the, like what I've noticed, like, yeah, like Spanish are big though. They're yeah. No, they're dudes. massive, but they're not like quick. Yeah. They're not like his Shea is like, you don't, you, you never see that build anywhere, like anywhere else in the NBA, like yeah. skinny, obviously has muscle, but like is super quick yeah. and is like super shifty. Yeah. And like, I like it's not very common. Yeah. You other see, than the NBA. Yeah. You see it more. Although, as we can see with guys like, um, whether it's Luca or whether it's, you know, um, Jokic, I mean, these giant dudes are getting more and more skilled and athletic. And that's yeah. what I think the, mm-hmm. like the European game uh, yeah. is, is giving them is that. Yeah. I, they're probably like the best possible, possible manifestation of the European style. Yeah. Um, they're basically a, an entire team in one player. Yeah. Like they have every aspect of like, they're amazing passers and yeah. they can just get to the basket very like slowly and like patiently. Yeah. And well, 20 years ago, those guys would have just been like pure centers. Exactly. In the NBA. And now they're almost like, well, not Luca, but yeah, yeah, he would have been like a small forward. Yeah. He would not have been a point guard. Yeah. They're basically point guards like yeah. that can do other stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's really remarkable. And but I, I, the you see how disciplined like teams like Spain are from the at the coaching level and whatever. You're right. Like they're they're running, they're passing and passing and passing quick, quick like around the horn again and again and again until they get that good look. And they're hitting those shots like when they yeah. do it yeah, well. That's true. Um, and it took yeah, it took everything. And it took like one of the best players literally in the wor- world. Shea just had to like make all those pressure free throws. Like he misses yeah. a couple of those, and that could be the yeah. difference in the game. Like when it mattered down the stretch, he generated points. And like guys like Dylan Brooks were like hitting threes when it mattered, like hitting clutch mm. threes. Like he had a he almost got kicked out of that game yeah. on a on a unsportsmanlike call that they yeah. they ended up not calling. They reviewed it, but a couple things go the other way. They lose that game. So looking ahead now, uh, the the in the. Uh, in the quarters, they're playing um, Slovenia, which is Luca. I don't know how many other NBA players how how good the Slovenian team is, but Luca obviously counts for a lot. So, what do you what, what's your prediction in that game? Yeah, I think. Yeah, Luca is going to be potentially the only problem. It's it's almost like playing the Dallas Mavericks, except they're worse. <laughs> like I think sure, it's the yeah. same kind of thing where yeah. he so, yeah, is going. Yeah, yeah, he's going to be. <laughs> scoring the most and also making everyone else look better with yeah. amazing passes and making things easy on other players. Yeah. But at the end of the day, they also just got crushed by Germany. Yeah. And it was just Luca and Dennis Schroeder battling the whole time. So yeah. I don't think we should be able to beat them. If, especially if we can like somewhat handle Luca or at least keep him at bay. Um, yeah. Well, well, we should be fine. It's weirdly like strange. I could be completely wrong about this, but it almost feels like because like when we played uh, Spain, who they have Hernan Gomez. Yeah. It's almost like all the NBA players equal out 
to like just the star players of their teams because like I feel like every single NBA player I've seen on the, that we play on the teams is like scoring tons of points and it's just like yeah the main yeah force on the team so it's kind of like f- weird because like you see these like complete bench NBA players just like carrying a whole team. Yeah. Well, and it, that happens at the NBA level too, where like, where is, you know, I can't believe like yeah. this guy scored 30 for his team. And then you find out like, well, yeah, he's super yeah. skilled. And because there's a bunch of injuries on his team, now he's being asked to yeah. look for points and then he can get them because he's really good. Yeah. He's just, you're not going to build your team around the guy because yeah. you got mm-hmm. better players, but all these guys are super skilled. Yeah. Well, if anyone's feeling it, one night in NBA, any single player in the NBA can yeah. do Yeah, there's very few, like, truly, like, I mean, they're, they're all role players. They know what their role mm-hmm. is. But all the, when they're called upon, like, this is a night where we need more from you, they can deliver on points, yeah. mm-hmm. usually. Yeah. You know? Um, and, and But some of the time, it's like, yeah, they maybe they scored 20, but, like, they hucked up a bunch of yeah. bricks and like the, on the losing end. Or some, you see it where it's like, yeah, this unknown sort of, like, young bench guy scored 40 in a loss. Like you see that kind of thing too. Right. Um, I mean, whatever that's, but I, as far as like the international game, like I feel Germany, like it looks like it's nice knowing that, uh, shooter is looking good and confident and whatever, considering he's a Raptor now and he's basically like our starting point guard. So about that. Oh my God. Yeah, I know. It's funny to think about that. Um, it's like, yeah, <laughs> there's a whole we could, we could definitely go down the, the Raptors rabbit hole. But the other thing that we should mention is that in the Spain game, like this tournament is also an Olympic qualifying tournament. So this was the Canadians qualified for the Olympics for the first time in a long time, which is huge because at the um, Olympics, um, you know, the way this team is structured now is it's a crazy range from like one of the top players in the NBA down to like a guy that has never even played, you know, professional, like plays professionally, but never even in like the G league, you know, has Mm -hmm. never even cracked any, even gotten a whiff of NBA, you know, Uh, I'm talking about guys like, um, what's his name? Edgem and and scrub and yeah. And, and it's amazing. Like you gotta, it's got, it's such a, unique situation like i mean obviously with the european teams it's it's like that it's like you got your one like sylvania like you got your one nba superstar and everyone else is just kind of like euro pro and canada is kind of like it's more of like a soft uh like it's more of like Mm. it's not like luca and everybody else it's more like as you know it it kind of like tapers off it's like mostly nba like guys that are like you know guys like alinek who are getting up there in age in their career who are still like really good pros but are you know not a not a superstar by any stretch, and then it's like the next tier is like guys that played pro in Israel last year, yeah. you know. And then there's like below that, there's like five, like there's that one guy, the five year Carlton player. Yeah, this is that's yeah. that's Scrub. Well, he's like yeah. the best oh. Canadian college player, Philip Alexander Scrub. There's too many people with the name Alexander in yeah. their names because um, yeah. there's Al, there's just the guy yeah. Alexander. Then there's Alexander. Uh, Walker, and then there's Shay Gildas Alexander, who, who are their cousins. Anyway, um, but Phil Alexander Scrub, it's like, yeah, this he plays for the you know Niagara River Lions, which yeah. is the Canadian Elite League. Um, he's probably the best player in Canadian college history, and it's amazing that he going like as you say, like he he went 
he's his entire career is in Canada yeah. in terms of like getting to the level that he got to. Yeah. So he developed in, entirely within the Canadians, yeah. which is like that's he's yeah he's succeeded at the most yeah at like the best possible yeah. outcome. And it, and even yeah like I mean you guys are right we don't have that infrastructure and he probably wasn't good enough as a high school player for him to get recruited yeah. into the states or whatever which is weird it's weird to me because i feel like he would to like yeah. a small division like maybe even division two school or something yeah but, but I, it was it, yeah. to me it would be like he wasn't very good in high school yeah or he was just like okay but and i mean he, when he was younger he sparked up in like, yeah university yeah yeah, yeah. But what like, you guys are all, what you were saying before, I just meant more like he wasn't regarded as like a prospect when he was like twelve or thirteen, yeah, where yeah. or fourteen, where it's like after two years of high school, a scout is saying you should yeah. come to this prep school in the states or whatever yeah. and finish your high school career down here, and and maybe he did, but not everybody can make that happen, or or you know maybe it's going to take a lot for your family to make that happen yeah. or whatever. Like there's a million reasons not to do it. I don't know enough about him, but. Grew up in Richmond, BC, and he's thirty now. Like he's yeah. a seasoned pro. He's he's gone all over. Um, yeah, yeah, he played for Carlton for five years and was like their best player and yeah. won like five Canadian yeah. bas- uh, college championships. And you know, it's crazy for a guy like him at age thirty to be playing with like with Shea and all yeah. these guys. Um, it's just wild, like that the that level of uh, um, variation yeah. in talent and background and. You know, it's pretty cool. And now these guys aren't getting, and like, you know, look at somebody like Edie, you know, yeah. he just came out of, what, what did they get to the final four? Or was he in the finals? No, he got, they got no, booted. They really actually quick. got, there was a huge upset. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. Got, they got kicked out in yeah. what? Before it was like 32. It was, um, uh, the game I watched them, they won. It was and Sweet then, 16, I remember. Oh, yeah, yeah Spencer, because you were actually down in Florida yeah, for some I, of the tournament. I, I saw Edie play. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it was it was the round after what I saw, so I'm assuming it was 32 or 16. Right, and he or was 16. like he was named like national player of the year, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and s- some people say that he's not even guaranteed to be like an everyday yeah. pro in the well, NBA. He, he was like, per- yeah, he was he's seven foot four, cross, but you know, he was supposed to go like 46 in the draft this year, yeah. but he didn't even he didn't even uh, whatever submit or I guess. Yeah, I'm sure he'll. Uh, I'm sure he'll end up. You know he's going to play pro. There's no doubt about that yeah. as to whether or not he becomes a, an NBA player. But he's so gigantic. It's yeah, crazy. he kind of did frustrate me watching him because he was so slow. Yeah. Well, I mean, those are those are things that can uh, that can improve. But we'll see. But he he grew up. He's from Toronto. He actually grew up. Um, he went to Lee Side High School, which is very close. We used to live in Toronto, and that's very close to where we lived yeah. and where where Mummy grew up too. Um, which is pretty cool. Um, and there's, you know, all these great players, like they all stepped up, like Lou Dort, you know, from grew up in Montreal to uh, Haitian immigrant parents. Great story, great NBA player, amazing defensive player known as the Dortcher Chamber, which we all love saying that. Uh, you know, Dylan Brooks, uh, another um, amazing defensive player. Like the pros that we have on the team, we have some pretty high-level pros. So let's talk about how for the Olympics next year, 2024, in Paris – this roster could also level up. So, you know, let's talk about who's not on this team, who could be on this team, on this national team. You know, who are we missing that could literally make Canada a true threat to win a gold medal at the Olympics? 
Uh, well, obviously Jamal Murray yeah. is the biggest one. Um, also, Chris Boucher. Um, he'd be, I think, probably the best like true center we could have. Mm-hmm. Um, O'Shea Brissett probably wouldn't get that much minutes, but I'm sure he would get some. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm, oh, I'm, I'm Corey Joseph potentially. He's a veteran. Um, he could be great as a point guard. Um, getting a Andrew Nemhard. Oh, Andrew Nemhard. Shade on yeah. Sharp. Andrew Wiggins. Benedict Matherin. Yeah. Matherin, I think, is definitely a potential. I think um, I saw an analyst um, who I follow on Twitter, um, whose name is escaping me right now, floated like a potential roster. So I'll just go by position and see if you guys agree. Um, so yeah, point guard Jamal Murray, uh, potentially Andrew Nemhard, and. Um, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, who's already on the team now, um, who plays uh, for the Timberwolves, um, and he's had he had at least a couple of really good games, and he's been a he's been a good part of this team. Um, then at, at the number two, um, Shea, and potentially backing up would be Shade on Sharp, um, which I think who plays for he the Trailblazers, right? Still, <clears throat> still in Portland, yes. yeah. Um, as we know, he's got insane hops, and he brings a lot of explosiveness. And I think, like you're, he's is the kind of player that you're right, Marcus. Like, only comes out of like North America. Doesn't seem to come out of yeah. out of Europe. That 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 kind of that level of athleticism and explosiveness. Yeah, can probably be a real asset, but mm-hmm. only in certain situations, right? Um, maybe guys like that might be really good at drawing fouls, but if I don't know what he's like as a free throw shooter. So, but anyway. The point is, we got Shea, and he's the team leader, undisputedly, no matter what. And Jamal, <laughs> if Jamal is healthy enough to and play. Hopefully, Andrew Wiggins. I mean, Andrew Wiggins. So, at small four, that would be this guy is put it as the three would be Wiggins, RJ Barrett, and Dort mm-hmm. are like our three options at small forward. Um, at power forward, he's got Alinek and Dylan Brooks at at the power forward position. And then interestingly at center, he's got Dwight Powell and someone that you guys haven't brought up, which is Brandon Clark who plays for the Grizzlies. But he's only like, he plays center positionally, but he's only like six, seven, but I think he's like, he plays power forward slash center. He's one of those guys. Um, He's just like a big, strong athletic guy and he's young. So there's a good chance he'll, because Dwight Powell is the only probably true center we have. Um, like Olenek's kind of like a hybrid. He's yeah, like even center. Dwight Powell, I don't even think he's that tall. I think he's he and Olenek are pretty interchangeable. Yeah, but I think Dwight Powell is more like, I think he's, as as the commentators were saying in the game yesterday, of a lunch pail, do what you got to do kind of role. Mm-hmm. He's willing, he's older, he's willing to do like the dirty work in the paint kind of guy. He, he was great at rebounding. Yeah, and just get him get him involved rebounding. I don't know enough about Brandon Clark's game. I don't know if you guys yeah. what you know. He's a pretty young player. Yeah. But he was really he was really good as a college player, I think. And and uh anyway, it's a pretty stacked team. Although it does seem like other than say Murray, well, I guess we're pretty pretty good shooters. Yeah. But we don't have I mean, the, Andrew like, Wiggins is a super shooter. Yeah. Murray's a good shooter. Shea's a good shooter. Yeah. But not necessarily at the other positions. Like Dylan Brooks seems to be managing well. Yeah, he's doing fine. Yeah. But with this with this look, it's like, yeah, I mean. I, yeah, I like his form too. It's like cool. cool. Yeah. Um, so what do you, what's your, first of all, what are your predictions for 
FIBA, how far is Canada getting? Are we getting to the final? Um, First, we got to beat Slovenia. Then we got to beat the winner of Lithuania, Serbia. And then we're in the final. Yeah. Or, yeah. I definitely think we can get to the final. As long as we... As long as we don't collapse, we are better than both of those teams. And I think the real the real challenge would be the U.S. And I still think we have yeah. a pretty solid chance against them. Yeah. I mean, okay. So, and then on the other side... It's Italy, USA. I think you probably you, you think Americans are going to beat the Italians. Hopefully not. <laughs> yeah, and then we got Germany, who seems to be playing very well against Latvia. But Latvia is like kind of like the the Cinderella team that's played very well. We trounced them, but they beat some good teams mm-hmm. getting here. What yeah, you, there's only like five million people in Latvia, and they're here there yeah. at the World Cup. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. That's a tough one. I don't actually know anything about Germany. I know it was that the Dennis Schroeder, but that's it. Yeah, I mean, I think that they're just like it's a a bigger country with a basketball yeah. tradition. We know that they've produced a few pros, yeah. um, and they're gonna ha- they have pros on that team. So I think uh, the Germans will probably win that game. It's probably going to be Germany USA, and I'll, I'll give it to this the states. I think it's I think Canada USA final is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and so considering, let's just let's just assume we're going to level up in the best possible way. Um, for the Olympics. What do you think are our chances, Marky, to get a gold medal? I mean, if we got all of those, like we have enough NBA players in, to fill a whole roster. Yeah. Um, easily. So, I mean, yeah, I I think we've got a pretty good chance of getting a gold medal. But who knows? I, I, I have a feeling that not everybody will be playing in... Yeah. On that team, but I think Jamal Murray for the rest of his career is going to be a very much a, you know, he he knows what it's like to be out for a long time, and he knows what the risks are. And I think, you know, with a player like him, if there's even this a hint of there being him being not 100, percent he'll probably shut it down. Um, I, I'd love to see him out there, though. It'd be yeah. great. Um, I mean, he was supposed to be on the team. Yeah, he committed to the team. He yeah. wants to play. I think it's just like he has a lot to take into consideration. Um, but even without him, like, I mean, like the, the, we have still have like a lot of talent. And as he, as we know, I think the fact that they played in that game against Spain on a well-coached team and ended up pulling that out and mm-hmm. our list, clearly I think our coach is really good. Um, I think that's the key is like, finding a way to like, not just try to out talent somebody, but also play like a really solid team game. And hopefully yeah. if they commit to like a really good system with who they have, they can, uh, they can pull out a, 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 a big, uh, a victory. But anyway, I think, um, to, to recap what I, what I said before, I think basketball is a growing sport internationally and in Canada. And I think, um, by the time, you know, you guys have kids or whatever. I mean, I think that's going to be even more so the case. And, uh, that's why, yeah, that's why I was trying to make the argument that Canada or, or that basketball is Canada's national sport. But here's a, I, I do have uh, one, we, we didn't do our usual segments cause it's an NBA podcast, but, uh, we are, uh, going to Euro step our way into the past for time travel trivia. 
But the funny part is this isn't really, well, I guess this is a time travel trivia in the sense of, um, <laughs> of, of what, uh, Shay's parents named him. Okay. So Marky man, I'm here to tell you that his name isn't really Shay. Shay is actually a nickname or a short form of his name. Do you know what the full, his full name is? Um, Shaylin. It is not Shaylin. Sham wow. <laughs> okay, I'm going to assume that was a joke answer. His Shay is not short for Sham wow, the product. Um, I obviously you guys don't know, and I don't know, even know how to pronounce it, but I'm going to guess it's Shay Vonte. So S H A I V O N T E. And then his middle name is Asian, which I'm not sure how to pronounce that either. A I C I A N. Gilgis Alexander. So my, I'm going to commit to learning how to pr- say and pronounce all of those all together. That's a mouthful. Shayvanti Asian Gilgis Alexander. So I'm not surprised why he goes by Shay or yeah. SGA. Shayvanti is pretty. Easy to yeah, say. yeah, yeah. I just mean like the whole thing. Yeah. Like I even remember when he was when he first entered the NBA, people were like. Yeah. Just didn't know how to say Gilgis Alexander, and I swear mm-hmm. it made him lower profile than yeah. he would have otherwise been. Just the fact Maybe. that he had a big, long last name, but now it's like that he's become this big superstar. It's like, well, everybody. everyone just calls him Shay. So let me I'll ask you one more Shay related question. He was born in Toronto, but grew up in Hamilton. You looked at Marcus. I, know, so I thought it wasn't for me. <laughs> yeah, I that one's supposed to be for you, Spencey. That was yeah, an easy but- one. I know that you know this, so. Um, his, his mother, uh, is Charmaine Gilgis and she is a former track athlete who competed for what country? Canada. Canada. United States. Oh, I don't know. (laughs) All right. It's in the, in the Caribbean. Costa Rica. That's not in the Caribbean. Caribbean. That's in Central America. Where... Is Jamaica in Central America as well? No, Jamaica's in Okay, Jamaica. All right. The answer is Antigua and Barbuda. In the 1992 Olympics, she was a, a, a track athlete. And he was coached by his dad. At, and he, he is an example of someone who obviously they knew he was um, going to be good. Like he was, yeah. he, he went to high, he started high school in Hamilton, but then he ended up going to the Hamilton, interestingly, the Hamilton Heights Christian Academy in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Yeah. He, yeah, he, he did stick around in Canada for a while. Yeah, he, yeah. he was a part, he played for some camp. Yeah. Uh, that's like, it's called MPH. That's in Canada. Well, anyways, fellas, I look forward to, um, you guys going back to school. So you don't annoy me so much and you're like out of the house more often. Um, I also look forward to the rest of the FIBA World Cup. And in about a month's time, you know what? The, uh, the good old NBA starts back up. So we'll, we'll dive into that when the time comes. But uh, until then, listeners, we'll see you later. See Bye. you. I got nothing else to say. 